Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Hope you're doing well out there, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. If you're Irish out there, I hope you have a great St. Patrick's Day, because that's when we're recording. I'm about to go out and get some beers myself in a little bit, but we got to talk some Dodgers baseball, and I'm I'm excited to introduce a first-time guest, and hopefully we bring him on throughout the season. Mike, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter, at Mikey Bleeds Blue. He puts out a lot of great content. So, Mike, welcome to the show. How's it going? Man, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you on. So if you were following today's spring training action on Friday, St. Patrick's Day, the Dodgers just defeated the Chicago Cubs 9-7. to So we got some things to dive into. First of all, it's official that Tony Gonsolin will start the season on the injured list for the Dodgers, leaving an opening spot in the rotation. And if I had to guess, it was today's starter, Ryan Pepio, who was once again pretty brilliant. Had four strikeouts and in three innings, gave up one run, has in two ERA so far during the spring training season, 13 strikeouts over nine innings pitched with a 133 whip. Mike, do you have any thoughts on either the Gonsolin injury being official or do you have a different opinion if Pepio or someone else should be in that spot starting spot? No, I I'm, I agree with you. It should be Pepio. Um, him and Grove have kind of, you know, been been the two guys I think that we're we're gonna be vying for that that spot if if it came up um and and grove had a little bit more of a struggle his last outing um and you know like you said pepio was pretty solid today he kept the kept the dodgers in the game and uh that's about all you can ask for so yeah yeah and I am a little surprised about the Gonsolin injury, though, because like the Dodgers do, they they made it seem like it just wasn't that big of a deal when it first happened. Yep. And here you go. Now he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. So. Yeah, if you ask my co-hosts, they're already fed up with Tony Gonsolin. And I'm like, come on, guys. It's a long season. It's okay if he misses a couple starts here and there. We need him in the second half anyways, because this guy usually flames out if he pitches too many innings. So I'm not too concerned right now. They did ask Pepio after the game a couple things. One, are you thinking about potentially being in the Dodgers starting rotation? And he gave some really mature answers. He said, no, he's not thinking about it. He's just going out there to pitch. Um, and he doesn't want to go down a rabbit hole because he admitted that last season he was overthinking things. And that was kind of what led to him pressing. So this is his third time in camp, he said. So it looks like the growth is there, and I'm excited to see what he brings this season. A Dodger that had a huge game today, and I think we've been waiting for it all spring training. I'm referring to J.D. Martinez, who had an explosive fourth inning. He had five RBIs in one inning. That's right. He batted around, had a three-run home run, then came back again, hit a two-run double. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on what we saw to J.D. Martinez this spring or what you're excited about this upcoming season? Yeah, well, it was nice to see him get going with the bat a little bit today. Um, we are going to need his production with, uh, you know, some of the the losses we've had in the off season. So, he, you know, he's a uh, he's a pretty important piece, and uh, we need him to produce. 
I loved his answers during the mid-game interview from Kirsten Wasson, who asked him, uh, uh, basically, you know, she she pointed out that he's been mentoring a lot of the younger hitters and kind of wanted to get his thoughts on that. And so J.D. Martinez said, you know, as a young player, he didn't have that. And he swore that if he became a big veteran one day, he was going to pride himself on helping out the younger guys and share all the information that he could help pass and prove their game. So love that. And that's why I think we were really hyped about the Dodgers adding him this offseason because this is a different voice than what they've had in years past. And he's a World Series champion and a great home run hitter. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this will shake out as the actual season gets going. Um, Miguel Vargas hit a home run. Love to see that. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> He launched it. He launched it good. It's it's nice to see him um get going. He's uh, you know, he's got his batting average up to like I think what two ninety two right now, something like that, um, which is you know pretty good considering I I would think like his first, I don't even know how many at bats he wasn't even he just had to go up there and take pitches. So, yeah. you know, his strikeouts are going to be up a little bit because he wasn't even allowed to swing the bat. But when he's been able to swing, he's been producing. And uh, that's good to see. So today the Dodgers played the Cubs. Cody Bellinger was in that game. He had a two-run triple. Yesterday the Dodgers played the Rangers. Corey Seager had a home run off Clayton Kershaw. Mike, do you have any reactions to seeing any of those events go down? To give you the feels? No. <laughs> no. Just a straight up no. I love it. But Bellinger, he's not even that great this spring, so I don't even feel bad that they moved on from him. Still does hurt a little yesterday seeing Corey Seager take Kershaw deep, albeit was a spring training game, but still that is not a sight that I ever wanted to see. But I will never root against Corey Seager. He's one of my all-time favorite Dodgers. So I'm excited to see how he uh, will do for the Rangers this upcoming year. I already put some money down saying he's going to lead all of Major League Baseball in hits. Yeah, he's it, it hurt. You know, I was a big Corey guy, too. Um, and he chose he chose big, 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 big money over, you know, very good money he could have made with the Dodgers and still stayed, you know. Yeah. So he chose to leave and and that's on him. So I, I you know, I I don't root against them, but I don't root for them. I just I don't have time for them. I worry about my guys. <laughs> Fair enough. On Twitter, question coming from Castillo Jason. Thank you Jason for always asking your questions. Who is going to emerge as the Dodgers' eventual center fielder? You got well. Jason Hayward made his little statement today too. Um, you know he's, but if you ask me right now, and obviously nobody on the Dodgers is asking me because I would I would say James Altman has outplayed all those guys, but from the sounds of it, he's not even probably going to break break camp with the Dodgers, which I just, I don't understand. So I, I would have to say probably Hayward. This is becoming a true battle and I'm still trying to figure out who they're going to actually give that last roster spot to with the Gavin Lux injury. It doesn't really seem like there's anyone else that's actually making a statement who could get that final 13th spot be on the bench. 
And so I'm starting to think that with all the starts that they're giving him, maybe they're just going to actually end up leaning James Altman, even though he has started to fall into a little mini slump. His batting average is down to 310, but he still has an OPS slightly over 1,000 up there in the RBI run production. Meanwhile, Jason Hayward, who Dave Roberts has essentially already gone out there and say he's going to make the opening day roster, is giving them Cody Bellinger-like offense production. I mean, he's only hitting 212 and he has a 297 on base percentage. And if that was what we were going to get in the regular season, you can't go with that again. No, yeah, you cannot. And, you know, I, I pretty much feel the same way about my, my one big gripe in the off season. And I'm not saying the guy's not a good player, but David Peralta, I just, mm-hmm. I did not understand the signing. Um, You know, we've seen, videos of James Altman working out in the off season, you know, getting, getting ready. He's in shape. Um, we have Trace Thompson, you signed Jason Hayward before him. Um, you know, you just, there, that's three, three center fielders that are fighting for a spot. And one of the two, I, I would say either Hayward or Peralta has to go. You just we don't need that many lefties coming off the bench and being platoon outfielders. That's why I think Trace Thompson's safe because at least he is a right-handed outfielder off, off the bench, you know? Yeah. I mean, you bring up an interesting point with all the lefty bats. That is certainly an issue. I will say that David Peralta and we'll get to the world baseball classic in a little bit has been lining it up for team Venezuela. He's been one of their saviors in this nice run they're having And I don't know necessarily if he's going to actually be a factor in the center field mix because they will just have him out there in left field. Meanwhile, you did bring up Trace Thompson and great point that his his one saving grace is he is the right handed bat. And we've heard multiple interviews with him now in the media that his goal is to be a lefty crusher, essentially. So far, that hasn't really panned out. He's been reverse splits, which is not going to help the Dodgers out in any way with all the left handed bats. And he was a little bit of the hero for Great Britain, but looking at his spring trading numbers, he's only batting 067. And that's not going to get the job done whatsoever. He reached base twice in this Cubs game, scored the two runs, but the batting average still is 067. And we're going to get into the guys right now that are really struggling this spring. And I want to ask you if there's anyone you're concerned about, but I know that the big name that's been really floating out there is Chris Taylor, who's batting 091. He's three for 33, 14 strikeouts. And with his at bats, that's a 42% strikeout rate. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, at least Trace Thompson seems to be, you know, putting the ball in play, N- not necessarily getting rewarded for it, obviously, but at least he makes more contact. Chris Taylor's just not even putting the ball in play. I mean, he is, you know, swinging and missing a ton. And it's, it's getting concerning, really. It is it is becoming very concerning. I'm going to give him some leeway because he's been with the Dodgers now. He came in 2016, but he's really been a, a driving force since 2017. So I'm going to give him at least a month, maybe two months once the season actually starts so that we have a larger sample size to go off because I think he's earned it at this point and they're paying him essentially 15, $16 million a year. But it is it is a little bit concerning what we are seeing so far this spring and fortunately for a guy like Chris Taylor, there's not too many other utility guys that have the versatility like him on this roster. So he's yeah. not, I don't view him as a trade candidate. They're going to definitely ride it out one way or another. 
I guess it's just a matter of once the season gets going and if he's still struggling, do the Dodgers have to play their cards and make a trade? So I think that's what we're kind of looking at right here with Chris Taylor. Yeah, I agree with you where it's it's not time to panic yet. Let's see how the uh, the beginning of the season plays out. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll be amped up a little bit more for the season. You know, um, maybe they're just going through the paces right now. But yep. uh, the contact is definitely an issue and we, we need him. So, yeah. Are there any other Dodgers position players or pitchers that have kind of disappointed you to, to start off spring? Or you could go positive. If Are there any Dodgers pitchers, players that are surprising you and you're kind of like, wow, this guy might be a major driving force contributor this upcoming season? Uh, I, I don't think anybody, you know, I don't think um, no one's really blown me away one way or the other. Hunter Fiducia has been great, you know. <laughs> the I, one, I like yeah, that the one, the one position uh, they don't need. I know, exactly. But, uh, you know, he, he's – what a great spring he's had. Um, Ryan Ward, a lot of the young guys are, are really actually having nice springs, which is, is very nice to see. Um, yep. Max Muncy, he's – I've been impressed with him. He's putting the ball in play a lot more. I think that uh, seeing fielders in regular positions has helped him out a ton uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just see him last year how many times – he hit the ball hard and it would one hop, you know, to the guy playing Rover out there that would have been a hit. And you get, you know, you could just tell he was in his head and he just seems to be a lot more at ease this, this, uh, this spring. I think mean, he's right around 300. He's hitting right around 300. Yep. Yeah. Max Muncy's looking really good and he's definitely entering a little hot streak right now in spring training. I think it was my last day there in Arizona. He went yard and he's reached base, drove in some guys today. He took an RBI walk. So really good to see Max Muncy starting to get it going. And I'm watching the game. Looks like Javier Baez just took Julio Urias deep. It's already three, nothing Puerto Rico. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, let me get I got back. it on too. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. Let me get back on track here. Sorry, folks. Uh, so some of the Dodgers bullpen guys that actually are, are kind of disappointed me and kind of have me a little bit concerned. Jimmy Nelson in four games has a 386 whip, not an ERA, a 386 whip. That's he's all over the place. No control of his pitches. A lot of walks given up. Shelby Miller, another guy that I've been talking about a lot this spring with someone who's concerning me. 688 ERA over two and two thirds innings, but he does have six strikeouts, but also has a 338 whip. 
I was hoping that some of the Dodgers flyers in the bullpen would step up and be guys that I thought could maybe make a statement and be a part of this uh, bullpen at some point this season. Tyler Sears starting to look a little better, but the one guy that has actually been pretty darn good this spring is Wander Suero over five innings thrown. He's got six strikeouts, an 080 whip and a 180 ERA. Yeah. So those are the yeah. few guys that, yeah. He has, he, he has looked good. Um, you're right though. Jimmy Nelson is just all over the place. Uh, last night, was it last night he pitched and he just, they had to yank him cause he just couldn't find the strike zone. Uh, I gave him the benefit of the doubt the other night I watched him play cause um, it was raining that night and I could tell he was having a lot of problems with his cleats, but that night again, he just walked like three dudes and hit a guy and gave up a hit. I mean, he just, he hasn't found it right now. And uh, he's, he's going to be a, a guy that we need. So, but yes. Evan Phillips, thank goodness has looked like the Evan Phillips from last year, which is awesome. Um Bessie has looked solid. Victor Mark Victor uh, Gonzalez has struggled. I was hoping that he would uh, kind of rebound. Jay Z's getting shelled. <laughs> is that Eddie? Ros- that is oh god, that is legendary Dodger killer Eddie Rosario taking a Urias yeah. deep again. Wow. Well, Brutal. I guess that'll get uh, Julio back to spring training anyway. That's a good point. Mike, was there any other Dodgers topics that you wanted to cover? Any Anything that was just on your mind you want to throw out there before we move on to the WBC? No, I, 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 I'm I happy with where they're at. Um, you know, everybody's getting their work in. I mean, uh, staying mostly healthy outside of, you know, the Gavin Lux deal, which sucked big time. Um, other than that, you know, that they they've been pretty healthy. So that that's my main concern in spring training is the player's health. Yeah. You mentioned health, Freddie Freeman. There was a little bit of a scare when he sustained a, a minor hamstring strain, but looking very optimistic that he will be in the opening day lineup. He's already assured us that this isn't going to be a big setback. So that's good. Yeah. I think they said he, he was probably going to uh, either play tomorrow or Sunday. So that's fine. That's good. And I, I, I really don't understand the, you know, we're still, what, about two weeks away from opening day? Yep. Why can't Tony start throwing? I mean, they said he's been playing long toss. I mean, what is the deal then? I mean, why yeah. does he have to Does he have to start on the IL? Or are they, are they saying he's going to miss, just maybe miss a start, you know? And then, I mean... Yeah, it's getting ridiculous. This is becoming a common theme with the Dodgers and their injuries where they always lead us on acting like it's something very minor. Last mm. season, what they say? They caught the Tony Gonsolin uh, forearm strain early. Then he was out like two months. Yancy Almonte, they said his elbow. Oh, it's nothing to be concerned about. He'll be back in a few weeks. He was out like two months too. And then the, I mean, yeah. years ago, Corey Seager, the hand, the broken hand, they made it seem like, you know, this was going to be a, a quicker one too. And he was out like 60 games or whatever it was. Heck, last year they were talking about the strides that Walker Bueller had been making, oh, you yeah. know, right before they announced, oh, never mind, we're shutting him down. He's going to have Tommy John. So, oh, yeah, you I just remind me I of trust that. those guys about as far as I can throw them. Absolutely painful. 
Let's take a quick break right here to talk about proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast, TickPick. If you're outraged with service fees on all the other sites out there, you probably know them. Why don't you try out TickPick? You see the price for a ticket on the website? Guess what? That's the exact price you're paying. You know why? Because there's no service fees at checkout. So with opening day just around the corner and you want to see your favorite ace take the mound for your favorite team, you can go to TickPick and I guarantee you'll find comparable prices and competitive just like you'll see out there on any other ticketing site. Plus, no fees. All you have to do is download the app, start saving some money, and you can go see your favorite band, see your favorite sporting team live in person. And it's as simple as downloading the app and just a couple clicks away over at TickPick. Do you have a, a, a last question? Do you have an opinion of who the Dodgers opening day starter is going to be? Well, if you're asking me who I think deserves it over, you know, their past couple seasons, I, I would say Julio, but you know, they'll probably, uh, probably give it to Clayton. He's been fine too. You know, um, I, I'm happy with either of the two, either of the two, I'm fine with. I, I don't really care who starts, um, yeah. but it'll be one of those two guys. I'm pretty sure. That's a safe bet. Yeah. If I had to guess since it's a Dodgers home game and potentially his last season, although I'm, I'm not convinced it's his last season, but still a potential Clint Kershaw. I just think it's going to be him. And yeah, season is almost here less than two weeks away. So as this podcast and the Dodgers spring training get closer to that, that starting point, we're just going to be throwing out all kinds of bold predictions. So let's talk mm -hmm. some world baseball classic though, shifting gears. So the USA is advancing to the semifinal pool. Thankfully after a beatdown for Mexico, that was the last time we recorded. That was ugly. Thankfully the USA responded with two wins. Mike Trout was an absolute hero against Columbia. Drove in those two Dodgers, Mookie Betts and Will Smith to put them up three, two. USA versus Venezuela coming up Saturday. Uh, Mark DeRosa for Team USA announced that Lance Lynn will be starting, therefore bypassing Adam Wainwright. And I can't find it anywhere where who's starting for Venezuela. So I guess they haven't announced it yet. I was looking at this Team Venezuela roster. It is more stacked than I realized. Some of the names on that team, Jose Altuve, Eduardo Escobar, Luis Arias, Ronald Acuna Jr., fellow Dodger David Peralta, Miguel Cabrera, and then in the rotation, they have options that include the Astros' own Luis Garcia, Pablo Lopez of the Now Twins, Jesus Luzardo, Martin Perez, and Ranger, Suaro, or Ranger Suarez. So I don't know of those guys. I haven't been following them, but it seems like they could go right with any of those guys. Yeah, Suarez, I think, is Phillies. Does he play for the yep. Phillies? Yeah. Uh, I, I would say they're their starting pitching staff is better than ours. I, I'm not impressed with our starting pitching staff at all. I'm yeah, really it, not. it has been a bit of a letdown. I do feel good about Lance Lynn going though. I like him. I do not want to see Nick Martinez ever throw the ball again for team USA. Um, and hopefully Brady singer either. Those were just disasters. Kyle Freeland is another guy that he was fine against, great britain but like i don't really want to tr see kyle freeland against this lineup i mm -hmm. and this is going to be this is going to be a this is going to be a, a real battle though like i'm excited for this matchup it could go either way 
I still feel like Team USA is now just hitting their stride. We saw that big game for Mike Trout. Nolan Arenado has been pretty spectacular and consistent. Uh, the Mets have been awful. Jeff McNeil got benched. Pete Alonso has been useless. But one of the unsung heroes, though, Tim Anderson, and I've actually seen his his name floating around a little bit on the trade trade uh, rumor mill that you know some people are saying that the Dodgers could potentially trade for him. So I would take him as our shortstop. I agree with you. So I I love the plug and play of Tim Anderson. He's been a nice little spark plug there at second base. He looks like a fish out of water there over there though. He, he, you can tell he's just not a fan of second base. (laughs) I think he said that's the first time in games he's played second base. Oh, wow. That's yeah. That's pretty wild. Then he looks better than uh, some players though. Yeah. And then, yes, so here we are. We're recording Team Mexico playing Puerto Rico. I uh, didn't realize that when I set this podcast up that they were going to be playing while we're recording. But it's Marcus Stroman against Julio Urias. And already Julio Urias has given up four runs in the first inning. Even Kike Hernandez got on board against him. But what what was it? Um, Eddie Rosario took him deep and I already forgot. Was it Javier Baez who hit the other home run? I think oh. that's what you said. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm not, I'm trying to not pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a tough blow. Mexico has been a really good team. So we'll see if they're able to bounce back. But both these guys, both these teams are really strong. The biggest shocker was that the Dominican Republic, they pulled up, they pulled up. I don't even know what, who to allude to. They pulled like a, an university of Arizona, I guess, losing to like all the under underdogs so much hype with their lineup on paper and the pitching people thought they were the favorites to win it all. And they couldn't even get to the, couldn't even get out of the pool. Nope. I'm, you know, there's a couple guys on there that I, you know, are rivals of ours in, in the division that I I don't care for. So I'm glad they got knocked out. Hopefully it leaves a sour taste in their mouth and they, there's a lot of infighting, (laughs) <laughs> I, I just want the Padres to fail so bad. You don't even know. <laughs> it's really nice that they're not really on the team USA other than Nick Martinez, who was awful. So that just makes things yeah. worse for them. You're right though. You're talking about the WBC. Jeff McNeil has been horrible. Um, I don't, Alonzo hasn't done much. Has he? No, I he's watched a lot of it. Alonzo. And then you have poor Edwin Diaz, you know, who, you know, not even during the game. It was after the game in celebration blew out his, his patella tendon, I guess. And that's, that's supposed to be worse than like an ACL. So I guess it's, they said eight months, you know, at least eight months. So that's, he's gone. I mean, he's done for the year. Might as well just say Tommy John, which, you know, I'm sure they're happy. It's not Tommy John because he's a pitcher, but, it's going to be about the same length of time to get back into things. Definitely. And they just gave him a big contract this off season, making him the highest paid closer of all time. And now the Mets have to move on without the best, arguably the best closer in the game right now. So they're already taking a big yeah, step back. I haven't back. even looked much at um, statistics or other teams um, lineups. I don't even who lines up to be the Mets closer at the moment. I believe they added David Robertson, who was closing for the 
Cubs and Phillies last season. So if I had to guess, he'd be their next man up. But they also have yeah. Adam Ottavino. He's got yeah. some closing experience. So they have guys. But neither but... of those guys are, yeah. are Diaz, though. Exactly. I mean, and, and both of them are a little gray in the beard now. You know, they've been around for a while. So yep. it hurt. Yeah. It yeah, hurt them. Their bridge to successful bullpen closing out just got a lot longer. So yeah, that's going to be a huge factor, I think, as the season actually kicks off. But whatever, it's the Mets. I want them to fail. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of over. I'm over all that. I think that's it for the World Baseball Classic. Team USA, they got to win. the The other team that is killing it is Japan. So I want to see that USA Japan final. I don't know if it's yeah. possible it shakes up that way, but. That's those are the two best teams, in my opinion. Again, they're you know, their rotation blows the Americans rotation out of the water right now. I mean, it's the Dodgers are the Dodgers, the the WB, the Americans are going to have to, you know, they need run. They got to score. You're going to have to outscore these guys because our our pitching isn't going to just, you know, throw a three hitter shut down it's not that kind of staff that they have here. So, I mean, yep. All right. So we're getting, we're getting near the end of the show. I introduced a new segment on the last episode. So basically what it is, Mike, we're going to do 2009 today. I'm going to read off the Dodgers top 10 prospects in 2009. We're going to go down the line and discuss whether they lived up to expectations or a complete failure. So just like this, just like 08, 09 was pretty brutal. Number 10, Josh Bell and not the Josh Bell that, you know, who played for the Padres and Nationals and all Pirates and all that is a different Josh Bell. Safe I'd to have say, to say epic fail because I don't fail. even. Yes. Yeah. We can move on. Number nine, Austin Gallagher. Never heard of him. Epic fail. <laughs> Number eight, Scott Elbert. Uh, you know, he had glimpses. He had moments. Uh, you know, his arm just his his elbow gave out. Um, when he got to pitch, he was he was good, but yeah. uh, injuries wrecked his career. So you had the, basically the same exact answer as I did on the last one because he was in their top ten in 08. So I actually, yeah, yeah, I said he he. I gave him a check mark for you know he he did yeah, what he was expected. I, I would I would give whoever was our drafting guy back then they did a good job on that one all right number seven ramon troncoso again you know he was serviceable i would say serviceable i have to be really nice because he actually follows me on instagram so uh yeah. he was serviceable and, i'll side with you, know, you yeah um not great not bad just you know he could eat up some innings for you in the bullpen and um yeah i, I would say he had a, d a decent career for himself. Number six, D Gordon. Yeah. He just nev never lived. You know, he just has that, that blend of, he just has speed, but he just, I don't I know, think, maybe like Willie Mays Hayes. He just, I think I don't he know. lived up to the hype. He was awesome in 2014. He wasn't really great at walking, but he did hit, I think close to 300 and he stole a crap ton of bases. And the Dodgers, smartly enough, when once Andrew Friedman took over, he sold high on him. I mean, this, this is the big mm -hmm. return that got them. Barnes, Kike, Hatcher. Um, then they got Heaney, who they flipped for Kendrick. So 
for what he was expected, I'll give him a check mark. So that's three so far. Number five, Josh Lindblom. Uh, he I don't... kind of bounced around. I, I, you know, he, he made it, you know, I, he made it to the majors, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Dodgers. Then I yeah. think he got traded to the pirates or dealt or we released him. And then he went to the pirates and I think he went to Japan or Korea for a while and then came back. Yep. Um, yeah. But as the Dodgers five, number five, I don't think he did anything for us. Yeah. I'm going to have to give him an X. Number four, Andrew Lambeau. I, I, I think he was a left-handed hitter, supposed to be a, a great hitter, but never did anything for us. So, no. <laughs> Ivan DeJesus. Nope. Uh, never made it with us. I, I know he, he latched on with the Cubs or someone for a little while, but no, I don't think he ever did anything. Did not. Number two, Ethan Martin. Another pitcher, I believe. Um, nope. Didn't do anything for us. And their number one prospect in 2009, James McDonald. <laughs> I remember him too. Um, and no. Yeah. So three out of the 10 panned out in the year 2009. Pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. 2008 was two for 10. I think it was Kershaw and Elbert. So as you yeah, can but see, at least Kershaw, you, you, you get a hall of famer out of that one though. So yeah. that you kind of say that regardless that, that that's a win for that draft, you know? Totally. And it's funny because the two years, 2008, 2009 NLCS runs, but their farm system besides Kershaw pure crap. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty Scott funny. Elbert, that was a sad one. He, he kind of like got robbed of his career. Like Darren Dreifer did, you know, both could have been really, really good, and just their bodies just didn't let them have it. Totally. All right, Mike, we're here at the final close now. Final thoughts. Do you have one bold take for us for this upcoming Dodger season, or was there any other things that you just want to throw out there right now? And then I want you to promote your promote your work. My bold take has already kind of been shot down by Dave Roberts, but I would say... Um, James Altman should be our starting center fielder. I like it. Yes. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, where can the people follow you? And if there's any additional content you wanted to promote right now, I'll give you a, a, a minute to do that. No, just uh, I'm on Instagram under uh, Mikey Bleeds Blue. Um, Post daily, um, pretty much 99.9% Dodger stuff and baseball funny, you know, is the other 1% really. So just diehard Dodger guy and yeah, just enjoy Dodger baseball. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you listeners for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast or you can subscribe and follow us on YouTube. The social media will all be in the description below as well. So make sure to follow both Mike and myself on Twitter and Instagram. And until then, leave us a five-star review. If you haven't yet, tell us what you like about the show or if there's anything we can improve upon. But here we go. This is going to be season five of the Incline Dodgers podcast coming right up. So awesome. go Dodgers. Thanks for having me. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. 
How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.